Welcome, welcome. Whether you've been in church all your life or this is the first time you've heard a Bible story, I'm glad you're here. My name is Wanda and I'm going to be your storyteller on this journey through the Bible. I got into Bible storying quite a few years ago when I did what I usually describe as a three-year Bible story translation project in Southeast Asia with the One Story Partnership. As part of our training, we learned our own series of 26 stories covering from King David to the Book of Acts. At the end of the training, we did a back-to-back tell-through of all the stories. And it was really cool, and we saw things and learned things about God and the Bible we hadn't noticed before. What I really remember learning was a whole nother dimension to what it meant when Jesus called himself the Son of Man. That experience was the inspiration for this project, and I hope you not only enjoy it, but also that your understanding of God is increased by looking at the Bible through a story lens. So what's this going to be like? Well, this is a learn by doing kind of thing, so I have a short demo brief on King Hezekiah. For those of you who need a quick refresher on Bible history, after King Solomon died, the kingdom was divided in two. The northern ten tribes rejected Solomon's son as king and chose another king. And, long story short, they never had a godly king again. The two remaining tribes of Benjamin and Judah formed the southern kingdom of Judah. They stayed with David's dynasty, and Solomon's son became their king. Over the years, they had some godly kings and some ungodly kings, and Hezekiah becomes king of Judah about 200 years after the kingdom divided. His father and predecessor was one of the ungodly kings, so when Hezekiah comes to the throne, there are pagan altars and idol worship all over the place, there's some child sacrificing going on, and the temple has been completely closed up and shut down. Hezekiah's got his work cut out for him to start turning the nation back to God. He reopens the temple, has the priests come and purify it. They rededicate it and start doing the daily sacrifices required by God's law. Hezekiah makes sure that there are enough animals for those daily sacrifices because the Bible tells us that Hezekiah was more conscientious about obeying God's commands than any other king. God honored his obedience and made him successful in everything he did. And Hezekiah needed all the help he could get because the big news of Hezekiah's reign was that the Assyrians were empire building. Today, the Assyrians don't have the same notoriety as a lot of the empires that came after them. them. The Babylonians, the Romans, the Mongols, but they were just as brutal to the people they conquered as anyone else. So, let your imagination run wild. You're not going to imagine anything worse than what they actually did to the people they conquered. Early in Hezekiah's reign, the Assyrians wiped out the northern kingdom of Israel, and really it was only a matter of time before they set their sights on Hezekiah's kingdom. And that time was 701 BC when the Assyrian army rampaged through Judah and conquered many of the fortified towns. While they were laying siege to yet another town, the Assyrian king sent messengers to Jerusalem who delivered this message for King Hezekiah in the hearing of all the people. Your puny army doesn't stand a chance against us. Who do you think is going to save you? Your God? He himself has told us to attack and destroy you. Don't fall for the lies that your God will rescue Jerusalem and save you. Just look at all the other nations we've conquered. None of their gods could save them. We completely destroyed them all. What makes you think it's going to be any different for you? The Assyrian king reiterated this in a letter to Hezekiah, 
And after Hezekiah read that letter, he took it to the temple, placed it before God, and he prayed, God, commander of heaven's armies, you alone are the creator, and you alone rule over all the kingdoms of the earth. So look at this and see how the king of Assyria has defied and insulted you. It's true they've conquered all these other nations and destroyed their gods, but those gods were just statues. Rescue us from them so that all the world may know that you alone are God. And God responded through the prophet Isaiah with this message. Because you have prayed about the king of Assyria, I have spoken against him. His armies won't enter Jerusalem, they won't surround it, and they won't even get close enough to shoot an arrow at it. Instead, they're going to retrace their steps all the way back home. For my honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend and protect this city. That same night, God sent an angel, sent an angel to the Assyrian camp, who killed 185,000 of them. When the remaining Assyrians woke up the next morning and saw all the dead bodies, the king took his army and hightailed it all the way back to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. Until one day, while worshipping in the temple of one of his gods, the Assyrian king was assassinated by two of his sons. Now about this same time, Hezekiah also became deathly ill. So ill that the prophet Isaiah came to see him and told him, God says get your affairs in order, you're not going to get better. As soon as Isaiah left, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed, God, remember me, how I've always faithfully and single-mindedly served you and done what pleases you, before he just broke down in tears. You guys, Isaiah didn't even have time to get off the palace grounds before God spoke to him again and said, go back to Hezekiah and tell him that I've heard his prayers and seen his tears. So I'm going to heal him and give him 15 more years of life. Isaiah delivered the message and Hezekiah recovered and continued his reign, the details of which you can read for yourself in 2 Kings 18 to 20, 2 Chronicles 29 to 32, and Isaiah 36 to 39. Now, after every story, we'll use five all-purpose questions to process it. What do we like about the story? What's difficult about the story? Doesn't matter if it's hard to understand, hard to accept, or you understand it fine and just plain don't like it. What do we learn about God from the story? What do we learn about people from the story? And finally, what does God want us to do because of or in light of this story? Now, a couple of procedural things you may be wondering. We're going to keep things as clean as possible, but there's plenty of stuff in the Bible that's not appropriate for children. So parents, if you let your children listen to this, you may have some awkward questions to answer. I'm a totally beginner podcaster, and really, the podcast is a way to give more people access to a Bible study I'm leading, so it's not just limited to the real life, time, and location, and so participants can hear the story again. That means I'm recording most of the audio live and doing very little editing. I'll link a handout with corresponding Bible passages and other resources for further investigation to each episode because, while this Bible briefs thing is great, I'm not even attempting to cover every word in the Bible and I'd love for you to dig into it more on your own. And the real life study starts September 7th, so that's about when you can expect the first proper episode 
and I expect that to be in the 20 to 30 minute range. Thanks for tuning in, and God bless.